And so tonight, welcome to episode 17. Episode 17 is going to be a one we're talking about tonight where we are talking about a feast with your enemies. Jesus taught us how to love people. He taught us how to love people we love, but he also taught us how to love people that we don't like, how people to, how to treat people that we have been hurt by or betrayed by, or maybe you call your enemy. So tonight we're going to be talking about how Jesus taught us to love people if it's you love them, you don't like them, because this is a major part of the gospel, is learning how to get along with everybody that you can. The Bible teaches us to love everybody you can, to get along with everybody you can, to be at peace with everybody you can. And Jesus is going to come in here tonight and teach us. And we're going to let Nick help us do that tonight. So Nick, I know we started this thing out a little bit differently tonight, a little bit softer, because I believe tonight, as we go into this, man, I want to talk about, um, I read a verse today to get this thing started, and I'll bring you on. Uh, this verse here, um, Romans 5, 8 and 10, it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were sinners. So let's pause and think about that for a minute, that Jesus died for us while we were sinners. Now, this following verse, verse 10 right here, it says, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies. Now listen to that. While we were His enemies. Y'all, that's what we're talking about tonight, that God will never ask you to do something that He's not willing to do first. And he died for us. This is what I want you to see. I want you to see this right here, that God wants to be your friend. God wanted to be your friend so bad that he made a way to restore our friendship with him while we were his enemies. God wants to be your friend so bad that he made a way to restore the friendship with him while we were his enemies. Y'all, if you've ever thought that God doesn't love you, if you ever thought that God was mad at you and didn't want to be your friend, let this verse just sink in. Let it sink in. Read it again. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies. Think about that. Our friendship with God was restored while we were his enemies because Jesus died on the cross. And that's what we're talking about tonight is that we were once Jesus's enemies. We were once the enemies of God. And so we're talking about God invited us to be with him. And now he asked us to invite others to be with him. And that's what we're talking about tonight, Nick, is that God made the first move. You know, he made the first move to come in and to be our friend, to be, to, right. to want to be our friend. And that's what it takes, man. When you're, when, you know, when you're going to love your enemy, when you're going to love someone you don't like, or maybe you, you, you know, that you don't get along with, you've always got to make the first move. And aren't we thankful that God made the first move to love us. And I know you've been talking Absolutely. about this with your youth group, and you had said something right here about this quote right here, something about how Jesus invites his enemies to eat at his table. Tell us about what you've been teaching people. Oh, absolutely, man. We, uh, I'll say this, we had an, an incredible um, night at youth last week. And uh, I'll start off with this. 
In Luke 6, it says in verse 31 and 32, Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you only love those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Mm. Even sinners love those who love them. Mm. So I think, I think sometimes in life we, as a Christian, we can, we think of, okay, I need to, I need to live a righteous life. So I need to get all my bad friends out of my life. Yeah. And that's good. That's good. Yeah. And we, we do need to separate ourselves from people that um, bring us down. Bad company corrupts good character. Sure. But you know, at the same time, there's a reason that Jesus tells us to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Come on. And there's a reason Jesus said, well, it's easy to love those who love you. At some point we have to step out on our walk with Jesus and start loving our enemies. Come on. Because, because how else are they going to see Jesus? If all we ever do is post videos of our online service and post scriptures, that's, right. that's all great. But it, it takes me back to this verse. Psalm 23, 5 says, You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Wow. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Wow. David's writing this. I'm 30 years old, and for 29 years of my life, I looked at this verse. And I said, you know what? The Lord is preparing a feast for me. Wow. I'm going to sit down at the table. And he's going to prepare a, a nice juicy steak, a side of potatoes, some green beans, and a roll for me. Wow. Because I've been a good servant. Because I've I preached Wednesday night. Because I read my Bible this morning. He's going to honor me. And the beginning of this year, I went through a fast. And we went through Psalm 23 very slowly. For 21 days, we would read the entire six verses. And reading it day after day after day and just dissecting the verses. This one kept just sticking out to me. And I'm like, that just doesn't match up with the character of God. Mm. And through praying and through fasting, the Lord spoke to me. I'd just done some research and I've read several different commentaries. And, you know, just ask people, what do you think this means? Yeah. The Lord said, I prepare a feast for you in the presence of your enemies, not so you can say, look at me, but so you can pull a chair up and allow them to eat with you. Wow. Whoa. Woo, and I'm man. telling you, it changed my whole life. It Dude. changed the way I thought. It changed the way I thought about my enemies, the unbelievers, Wow. When, when are we going to allow God to open up the doors of opportunity in our, in our lives to invite our enemies to our table? Wow. And a lot of times, you know, I do work at a church, and I can say this, <laughs> is that I think a lot of times we do get in the routine of our church service, yeah. our prayer service, and we yeah. say, hey, come to church with me. And that's great. But if, if I'm a sinner... And I don't know Jesus, and I just I'm I'm an unbeliever, and you say, "Hey, come to this church service." Right. I'm probably I'm probably not going to join you. I'm good. Yeah, sure. But if you were to say, "Hey, once you come over to the house, I'm gonna cook dinner. Let's just hang out." Yeah, come on, that's so good. 
That's so, so good, man. You just said that God prepares a table in front of your enemies so you can invite them to the table. So you mm. can invite them to sit with you. Dude, that right. is remarkable. Because, you know, that's like, that's what Jesus did for us. Like he died on the cross, made a way while we were still sinners. That verse that I just popped, I'm going to pop it up again after you said that. That makes it even mean even more is that for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So, um, man, while he's invited us to sit at his table, and then that's the character that he wants us to have, is to invite, of course, those that we love, but like that verse that you said, that even though you know anybody can invite people that they love to sit at the table with them, but inviting people that you don't know, inviting people that don't believe the same things you do, inviting mm-hmm. people you don't like, inviting people that have hurt you or betrayed you, that that's what Jesus does. And that as us as Christians to take on the character of God, the nature of God is to let the spirit of God lead us into that place where we begin to open the door, take the, make the first move like God did towards enemies, towards those who have hurt us, to, you know, to make the first move. And I think that's something tonight we can, we can take in is making the first move. And I want to read some verses really quick that talk about making the first move. It comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 26. This is in the message version. And at the end, it talks about making the first move. So I'm going to read these five verses. So bear with me here. It says, You're familiar with the command of, to the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother an idiot, and you, mu- and you just might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtless, thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister, and you are on the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and are about to make an offering and you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering. Leave immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then come back and work things out with God or say you're out on the street or it says or say you're out on the street and an old enemy accosts you. Don't lose a minute. Make the first move. Make things right with him. After all, if you leave the first move to him, knowing his track record, you'll likely end up in court, maybe even jail. If that happens, you won't get out without a stiff fine. I've got this verse here. I wanted to to pop it up for you really quick. The part of it that I want you to remember is, or say you are out on the street and and an old enemy accosts you. Don't lose a minute. Make the first move. Make things right with him. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about tonight is that we need to make the first move when it is, if we're believers in Christ, we're the ones that carry the hope. We're the ones that carry the gospel, the good news of Jesus dying for us that, you know, we were enemies of Jesus and he died for us and that he's inviting us to sit at his table and we're the ones that have that good news. And so we have to make the first move, you know, and make the first move even to brothers and sisters in the Lord who have hurt us. Uh, Make the first move to enemies, to those who persecute us. Make the first move to those we don't like and this is just mm-hmm. another part of the gospel who this is, you know, how Jesus teaches us to live 
And I was talking to somebody this week and they were just not wanting to do something because somebody had hurt them in the past. And I was just like, but you know, if we do this, we have a chance to be like Jesus. We have a chance to be right. like our father in heaven. And so, you know what I watched and this person was able to take that first step forward. And you know what? watching things unfold. And you know what? You just plant a seed. It's not in your, you know, it's not up to you how people respond. It's just you making right. the first move and watching what God does in the situation. So you were telling me at your youth group, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, that you were talking about this uh, subject and that you had two people there that had kind of been at it for a little while and that how they, mm-hmm. how they, um, uh, you know, Tell us that story about what God did in their lives at your youth group when you were talking about this. Yeah. So uh, there, um, I've been the youth pastor now for about th- three and a half years. And there are, uh, you know, several, several people in our youth group that, you know, um, even as adults, you know, we get in conflict with people or um, mainly, but when you're in youth, uh, someone will date a girl that you dated or dated a guy that you dated, or someone will be friends with somebody. And they just, for some reason, when we were youth, that is just like a stab in the back. And there was an instance, and there's two girls in the youth group who are very involved in the church. They had a disagreement on something, and one of them had uh, lashed out at the other. And I'm talking two years of just ignoring each other, walk by each other, not say anything, be in the same youth group, the same church, and just, I don't want to talk to this person. I don't want to be around this person. And it wasn't a great sin. It was just a little offense that had grown into a two-year separation. And I shared that, that verse Wednesday night. And I just a simple altar call. Mm, come on. I said, if maybe you have someone in the room Maybe you, you have a friend in the room that you've hurt. Maybe you have, maybe you have someone in the room that you've hurt and you haven't talked to in a while. I was just, you know, I just knew there was hurt. I knew there were things people were holding on to. And a lot of, a lot of times we have enemies. We make enemies of people that really don't deserve to be our enemy. Mm. And I felt like this was one of those situations and I come off stage for doing altar call. We're in worship. And the next thing I know, one of those girls goes to the altar. And wow. she's just in tears. Come on. But you know when someone's you know when someone's crying real heavy and you can yeah. just see their body shaking, yeah, just, you know? And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. God is messing them up right now. And then this girl who they've had beef for two years walks up behind wow, her, two kneels years. down and prayers with her and prays with her. Oh my goodness. And they got up and they just hugged it out and they're both crying. Oh wow. Dude, and that, I'm like, mm, that didn't mean to interrupt you. That is the gospel. So many times Absolutely. we're looking for something. I don't know what we look for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when we preach the God, we preach Jesus's teachings, you know, forgive those who have hurt you. You know, if you're, if you're at church and you know somebody's again, you're supposed to make that right. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's amazing. You brought that teaching of Jesus to the table and those people who are at each other's, you know, you know, they're good friends, but they were enemies for a moment. You know what I'm saying? And and God yeah. began to break that, and the Holy Spirit moved in that, 
and that relationship is restored. And I really believe there's some people out there tonight that, you know, you have been struggling with. There's somebody in your life right now that you hadn't talked to in a long time. Maybe they hurt you. Maybe you hurt them. There's something going on and you know that you need to make that right. Jesus teaches us to love our neighbor, but he also teaches us to love our enemy. There's somebody in your family, they may have hurt you, but they're not your enemy. If Jesus teaches us to love our enemy, don't that mean we should really reach out and do everything we can to love our family? If Jesus reached out to us when we were his enemies so that we could live with him for eternity, don't you think that we can break down and reach out to our family members? or to our friends, people that you know and love. Maybe you hurt them. Maybe they hurt you. And Jesus teaches us to forgive. And we've got to get to the place where we invite them back to our table to sit, invite them back into our lives, open our hearts back up to the people around us. And I really believe with all my heart, there's people out there tonight it needed to hear this, and you need to get off of this BGTV podcast right now, and you need to pick up your phone, and you need to call somebody, and you need to say, hey, I am sorry for the way I've acted the last week, month, year, five years, and I would love for our relationship to be mended and to work through that because that's what this is all about. It's not about likes and followers and subscribers. It's about, hey, how can we get the teachings of Jesus into the homes and cars of people out there that are watching? watching and so that we can begin to make an impact in the kingdom of God. And man, that story, Nick, just really fired me up because that's the gospel and that's how the, the world has changed. That's how the kingdom of God is built. So thank you for that's sharing right. that, man, because that is amazing. And you also said this this week when we were talking right here. You said that Jesus never misses an opportunity to minister to people. And you said your best opportunities to minister come when you feel like you don't have anything else to give. And um, I really believe you were talking about how Jesus didn't miss opportunities to, to minister to people, even when his cousin, John the Baptist, you know, have been killed, I think is what you're talking about. And he, Jesus was grieving. Right. Talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. So in, in the, in the story, John the Baptist had just been beheaded and Jesus had just found out disciples just came and told Jesus. And it said that Jesus moved to a remote area, but the crowds had followed him. And it said that he had compassion on the crowds and he would heal them and speak to them. And then later on down the scriptures, the disciples come back to Jesus and they say, hey, this isn't a, a remote area. We need to go somewhere else. You know, your cousin just died. I'm paraphrasing. But then Jesus says something. He says, and he said, the people are getting hungry. He says, well, feed them. And I'm like, hold up. Jesus, who the, the man who was supposed to, who came to prepare the way for him, has just been killed, was bombarded by crowds to heal them. He had compassion and healed them. Then when the disciples say, hey, this is our, it's our time to leave, they're starting to get a little hangry out here. Jesus doesn't dip out and say, you're right, I want to go home. I've had a bad day. He says, no, let's feed them. And then his wow. disciples even, even doubt. Wow. And Jesus says, no, get those get the food that we have and we're wow. going to feed them Come Fed on. over 5,000 people. Man. And here's, here's, you know, going back to a feast with your enemies. Mm, yeah. I have to think 
out of those 5,000 plus people, mm. there's a 5,000 men, women, and, and then women and children additionally. Mm. Do you think all 5,000 of those people were just excited to see Jesus? Wow. wow. You think all 5,000 of them came for healings? I believe mm. there are people in the crowd that were just waiting for Jesus to slip up. There yeah. were people in the crowd that were, mm, that's good. Had, were, were ready to arrest Jesus. That's good. It makes me think sometimes in our life that we think we have an enemy because someone may be against us. Right. And we will let that affect not even our ministry, but our personal walk with Jesus. Right. I, I tell you, so many people I talk to, hey, man, uh, they haven't been involved in church, haven't been involved with their relationship with Jesus. When I ask them why, it usually goes back to a time uh, they've had a hurt in church or a hurt by someone in the church. Yeah. And I'll say this. Don't, don't, I, I understand church hurt is real. It is. Yep, I've, it been, is. I've been church hurt. Yeah, Brad's been church hurt. Sure. But I'll tell you this. Jesus never hurt me. Mm, that's good. Jesus never hurt me, but he healed me. That's so good, Nick. And because of that healing, I went through a process Brad, Brad started a church for a season mm. and I felt led to, to go to this church and I, I was there for eight months and I just, I went through a healing process. Wow. Come on. And at the end of that eight months, Brad called me out of the blue and just said, Hey, I feel like, I feel like the Lord may be leading you back to Aniana. Wow. That's a, that's a man so wild. I've been praying about that. He said, not only that, I believe you'll be the youth pastor. Mm. So I went through a season of being hurt by the church, being hurt by leadership. But they didn't, it was the words they said and the way they treated me. And I just yeah. felt unvalued. Yeah. And I, all I did, I took a step out and I just got alone with Jesus for a season. Come on. And the Lord healed my heart. Wow. That's so good, man. I've watched that, man. I watched him heal your heart. And that's what it is. Sometimes so many of us, like me, Haley, you, so many people, you and Lauren, they're a bit hurt by brothers and sisters in Christ. If that be leaders mm -hmm. or be people, you know, in the with us, you know, like you know, ministering with us, whatever it may be, it's, it happens where we get hurt by brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what the enemy tries to do to divide us. He tries to hurt us so much, and um, you know, and and that's what he, that's what happens. But over time, the mm -hmm. enemy wants us to to get away from the body of Christ, to get away from other believers, to get out in our own caves. You know what I'm saying? And so, mm -hmm. um, but watching you take that time to heal, and then the Lord just put it on my heart one day and said, man, God, he's supposed to go back. And then gave you a word and said, man, I really think you're going to be the youth pastor of that church. And then it was a year later that you got that call and was like, hey, man, uh, this is, uh, I'm, you, you called me, but you called me and you said, hey, they just asked me to be a youth pastor. And I was like, man, I just, yeah. had, I just knew in the spirit that that was what God had for you. And it was cool to watch you heal during that time. And so if you're out there right now and you need a season of healing, take that season of healing, but don't, um, yeah. but make sure you get back around people who are loving God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, because that's what helps inspire you to keep going as well. And so, man, that, that, that's an awesome word. Um, you know, that we're talking about, um, you know, you were talking about, you know, uh, this was a, a quote that you made this week as well. You said that um, prayer must be powerful because it is the first thing Jesus asked us to do for our enemies. Talk about that for a little bit. 
Man, this is uh, this has become my favorite thing to talk about is prayer. And uh, whoever may be watching, I think prayer is probably the hardest thing in our relationship with Jesus. And I think the reason why is because most of us we we come to know Jesus through a service, um, a prayer service. Uh, someone preaches a word. Or maybe you had someone share the gospel with you at a small group at school, you know, Taco Bell. And you just have this overwhelming moment with the Holy Spirit. And you, after that moment, you're on cloud nine with Jesus. And you're thinking, nothing can get better than this. Why haven't I come to him sooner? And you just begin this the next couple of weeks. You start changing things in your life. You start deleting music that you listen to. You quit watching certain movies. And you just start making all these changes. Then after about three or four weeks, you start to feel that feeling start to go away. And I can say this because I've been there and I've been through it. And you just, you just feel empty. You're like, what now? I'm going to tell you, that what now is prayer. Come on. Reading this book. Come it's, on. Uh, it's called The 12 Spiritual Practices for Youth. Okay. Uh, and being a youth pastor, you know, I'm yeah. always trying to learn and grow and how yeah. to reach this generation. That's and great. I'm reading this and simply puts the purpose of prayer is not about getting something, it's about knowing someone. Whoa, come on. That's good. I think one part of our Christian walk is are those moments with jesus are those moments of the holy spirit in worship and you know in in a service where you know maybe someone prays for us and we get healing or we get set free from an addiction and those moments are incredible but if we don't take that relationship with jesus and grow it through prayer and through the word come on four weeks down the road we'll feel empty again and we'll be searching almost like a drug addict. We'll be searching for the next high. I mean, I got to get in a worship service, man. I got, I got to hear some good preaching. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, if you have a Bible, come on, and you can just take five to ten minutes and just talk to God. Yeah, and that I believe that feeling will never go away. Dude, you are so right, brother. That's so right. I mean, you are on it. And I just feel like that that's what God wants. You know, that verse that I've just brought up several times tonight, look how it starts out. Look how it starts out. For since our friendship with God, stop right there, our friendship with God. God wants to be our friend so bad that he sent his son to die for us while we were his enemies. And that's what he wants. So I want to ask you this tonight. If you... If God wants to be your friend so bad, mm. are you going to spend time with him this week? I mean, there's nothing else that he wants. Spending time with God is simply, it could be reading the Bible. It could be praying. You know, one of my favorite things to spend time with God is to take a walk. I'll take a walk with God, you know, and I'll walk for 15 minutes and talk to him. And then on the way back, I listen and have a conversation with God. 
You know, because that's what it's all about, is making sure that we just spend time with God and develop a friendship with Him. That's what He wants more than anything, is that while we were enemies, He invited us to the table. Can you imagine walking to the mailbox and getting an envelope, and it has an invitation to sit with God, to go sit at His table, and then you, you go, man... I want to go sit at his table and he invites you in as an enemy and he sits there. And when you leave, you're his friend and you Mm, are his, not only his friend, but his bride, his child. You're in his family for all of eternity. And that's what God offers us is to sit at his table. And then he asked us to invite everybody else to sit at that same table with him, to share the good news, to share it with people we love, but also share it with people we don't like, share it with people that are our enemies or people that, you know, have gotten on our nerves or done things to us. You know, I think a lot of times it's um, sometimes it's easy to forgive people. They've hurt you, but maybe they've hurt somebody you love. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard to let them back in because they're like, man, you're, you're, you're taking up for them. You're protecting those people by, you know, you know what? We got to forgive and we got to let those people sit at the table with us as well. And so, man, I just have really been, um, I really enjoyed tonight because these nights right here where we sit and talk about the teachings of Jesus, talk about mm. what, how he asked us to live on a daily basis. You can carry out tonight's teaching if you're at school, if you're at work, if you're at home, if you're at the gym. And no matter where you're at, you can love people that you love. You can love people that you don't like. You can learn to treat people the way Jesus did and simply invite them to sit at the table. And I'll never forget that what you said that Jesus prepared a table in front of our enemies so that we could invite them to sit at that table. That is life changing, man. That is so life changing. And tonight, um, it's, can you believe it's already been 45 minutes? The time flies. Wow. We're having a good time, man. I've had a good time being on here with you. Won't be the last time I know that. I do want to say thank you again for everything, but I do want you to pray us out tonight. Um, I'd love for you to pray for us. Um, and then um, after you pray, I've got one special prayer request for some great friends of mine, Katie and Garrett Bowen. They've had an aunt who had a car wreck, hit a tree, and has got some surgeries coming up. And I do want to pray for that after you pray. So you pray um, first, and then when you're done praying, I'm going to close it out, okay? So go ahead, my man, and uh, bring us home tonight. Bring us home tonight. All right. Father, Lord, I pray for Everyone watching this podcast, whether it's right now, in the future, maybe you stumbled upon it. Lord, I I pray that in our walk with you, that we would become more than just spectators, Father. That we would become people who truly live out your word and walk in your light. That we would truly pick up our cross and lay down our will and our wants to follow you. Lord, that we could be the light to our enemies. Lord, all the hurt and all the pain and all the resentment that the world teaches us that we should have, that we should give, that we shouldn't give a second chance. When your word goes complete opposite of that, Father, help us to realize that. Lord, let it be written on our hearts, your word and your truth and that we would truly begin to love 
and shepherd and disciple those around us in the way that you would, Jesus. That we would begin to love the unlovable. Lord, that when we would pull out that chair for the enemy to sit next to us to have the feast, that they would be so shocked. They, they, they would be speechless because though the enemy comes to just destroy everything that you are, God, it just doesn't make sense that we would invite them to the table. But Father, we know in that very moment that us saying, hey, sit down and have a meal with me. What? After what I said? After what I did? After how I treated you? After the mistakes I made? Absolutely. Lord, I pray that you would open doors of opportunity for us to witness and share the gospel with those people. And Father, that our prayer life would begin to grow, that we don't focus in on what we say, Father, about the words that we use, that we don't get so fancy with it that we lose track of what we're even trying to say, Father, but we would be simple and sincere to just spend time with you, Lord, and get to know you more. Lord, that our, our, that our hearts would truly be focused on you when we pray, not to get, not to just pray when life goes sideways, but Lord, to have an honest and true relationship with you. Lord, I pray for all those out there that are struggling to pray, that may just have a loss of words. Holy Spirit, that you would just give them the words to say. We pray this in your name, Father. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you with a special prayer request tonight, God, for Garrett and Katie's aunt, Lord Jennifer. She's been in a terrible car wreck, God. So many things broken, hurt, and Lord, she's having surgeries now, today, and tomorrow. And so we just ask you, Father, to just step into this hospital room, that your presence would be there. God, that you would guide the doctors and the nurses, God, and guide their hands as they go through the surgeries, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would bring healing to her. Father, we pray that you would just help her to grow closer to you and have an encounter with you through all of these moments, these dark times. We pray for the entire family, God, that they would all come to know you better through these moments. And I pray that your psalm of Psalm 23, God, would just resonate in their lives as you say that you walk with us through the dark valleys. God, I pray that you would walk with them right now in this moment, Lord, as they face another dark moment in their family, God. So, Father, we pray for Jennifer. We pray for complete healing over her. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray that you would just, uh, we cover her in the blood of Jesus, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would fill her up, fill that room up, fill the doctors up, God. Let there just be people who are touched by you during this whole entire um, moment, God, that she's in the hospital and that she is out there um, just being in a moment, Lord, where she needs you. God, I pray, Lord, right now, um, Katie's also asked, Lord, that to pray for her sister, God, that her sister would come to know the Lord. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we have talked about how you have 
invited us to sit at your table to feast with you while we were your enemies. We just pray that you would send out a special invitation to Katie's sister in the name of Jesus, that she would find that invitation in her mailbox, God, in her heart, that she would find that invitation, Father, and that she would accept that invitation from you to be your friend, to be your bride. God, that she would make a vow with you to, to live with you forever. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that she comes to know you as her personal Lord and Savior. I command this spirit of unbelief to get off of her in Jesus' name. I command every spirit that's attacking her, every principality, every ruler, every authority, every power, every spirit of darkness, every demon that's coming across, Coming against Katie's sister, I command you to get off of her mind, her heart, her body, and her soul and her spirit. And I plead the blood of Jesus over her mind, heart, body, soul, and spirit, God. And I just pray that you would just bring her home. Bring her home to you, God. Help her to come to know you in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everybody said amen and amen.